I think NIL and the transfer portal now, it makes having a sustained good foundation culture that much harder. What is an NFL quarterback room like? So two years ago, I trained Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Kyle Allen. That was my draft class. I think that this league is filled with opportunities and the guys that, that stay in the league for a long time are the guys that take advantage of those opportunities. I'm just a big believer in repetition. I'm a big team guy and goals never end. I'm just a big, 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 big team guy and I stepped on that field today. That was good, man. Welcome back to the room, episode 17, a full NFL season worth of <laughs> episodes. My name is Kyle Allen, your host. This is Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer played in the league for a lot of years, eight years. He's now quarterback guru, coaches all the top quarterbacks coming out in the draft, is a consultant for XFL. My name is Kyle Allen. I'm currently on the Houston Texans, my fifth year in the NFL, and this is the room. Welcome to the quarterback room. If you're new here, welcome. We have new quarterbacks from college and NFL every week. Today, we've got a great conversation with Cade McNamara, recent transfer in the portal, which we dive deep into the portal, into the portal, into the portal, We're deep in the portal talk today. Probably one of the most interesting topics in all football right now is the transfer portal and Cade, who was basically, he said he's the first quarterback in the portal this year. And so he has so much insight. You were saying it in the interview, we recorded the interview right before this, you were saying it, Jordan, that there's probably no one who has better insight into the portal than the people actually in it, quarterbacks especially. So Yeah, um, there's just no other experts on the transfer portal, right? Like agents, well, they've only been paying attention to it for a minute, and coaches have never done it before. And so like, who's got the most experience in what the portal is and what the, what are the market is and who's worth what and who what school's paying what and how do the packages get put together? The players that are in it, that's it. I mean, they have the most expertise. So here's a quarterback who was the first guy in and the first guy to commit to the place he wanted. I don't think he would have committed to anywhere over Iowa. He's going to the place he wanted to go, not just like grab the first opportunity. And so fascinating conversation. We dive deep into the portal. Into the portal. Yeah, pumped up. He's super pumped about Iowa. Before we get into the interview, as always, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're about to hit 5K. Like I said, going to give away a signed jersey at 5K. So keep pumping those numbers up. We're growing and growing fast. Once we hit 10K, we're going to do something even bigger. We've been talking, not sure what we're going to do yet, but once we hit 10K, it's going to get even bigger and we're just going to continue to grow and grow. And if you're on the ground floor, we're going to remember you. Okay. So keep hitting that. Mm. Like us on Jordan's TikTok, Jordan Palmer. We're on Instagram, The Room with Kyle and JP. We've got a bunch of great guests. We keep talking about it, but college football playoffs coming up, NFL playoffs coming up, the NFL's wrapping up. We're saving our best for last. We're going to have some great guests coming up, some awesome stuff as we get into college football playoffs and then going into NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. So, Stay tuned. we got a lot of great ones. If you haven't seen our last one with Sam Darnold, it was his first interview he's done in a long time. Sam was awesome. He was great. He was candid about all his stuff in New York, so go check that one out too. But right now, let's get to Cade McNamara and Portal Talk. Well, welcome to the room, Cade McNamara, your new school, your little Hawkeye you. That's right. Appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, man. This is, uh, this is a long time coming, and and excited to have you on. You've had a crazy year. We'll get into it. This is a crazy week with the portal. We'll get into it. But just how we all know each other here. So I, I've known you since I think you were in what? Seventh grade. Yeah, seventh grade. Came down, looked like shit. And, <laughs> and one of the better work ethics I've ever been around. One of the more determined young dudes I've ever been around at any age, any level. And you kind of manufactured this thing. Kyle, when did you guys meet? We met 
I think you were probably like sophomore in high school, maybe freshman in high school. You and your dad and your little bro would come out and your little bro would be running around and routes and his cut off and his <laughs> acting like he was all swole. Yeah. Also, Jordan just said you looked like shit. So he's essentially just taking credit for what you are now fully. Basically. Meeting you in seventh grade to now. So just get that out of the way. But I did actually have hard. a horrendous. I actually did have a horrendous story motion. I just sent Jordan the video the other day. I looked like a pitcher on a, on a mound. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put that in here. We'll 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 put them side by side. Yeah, it's yeah, cleaned up. But like, who did have a good stroke in seventh grade? Like, let's be real. Oh, uh, I see some seventh graders with some strokes. Chase Chase Curran, man, I'm telling you, little redhead out of LA. You've seen him spin it. Yeah, these yeah. are different times. Though. These kids are growing up in seven on seven. So, but no, I, mean, I think I met you in, in high school. And you were you were like at every single summit camp when Jordan's camps. Like, you were always out there. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously you're in college, so you can only make a couple, but I just remember you, some of the some of the OG Summit guys, obviously you, Sam, Jarrett Stidham, mm-hmm. uh, way back in the day was Christian Hackenberg, which that was always a blast to get to see mm-hmm. that dude just chuck it around all over the place at like 100 miles an hour. Yeah, every ball. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing piss missiles through Kyle's hands. <laughs> Kyle's like in sixth grade, he's like taking his head off. It was the worst. I would warm up with him before. And it was, I remember there's one day it was like raining and cold and it didn't matter. He's just throwing piss missiles at me every time. And I'm like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Like, <laughs> I feel like every time I saw a hack, he, it was always piss and rain. And the dude's just wearing just all his, his Under Armour white tights and just a t shirt. And if it's like 8 a.m., it's like 46 degrees and he's just chucking the shit out of it. Yeah. All he saw was this fastball down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Not shaking that one off. Yeah. Nah. So we all go way back. And Kate, I've been riding with you on this journey, but this has been crazy, man. Last year, you lead Michigan to a 12 win season, first one in decades, whatever it's been, and pretty thankless, right? Everything was about the other guy and the media. And then you lead them to a Big 12 championship, you lead them to the college football playoff, things that Michigan fans, you know, have been dreaming about and expecting you know, for a long time. Beat Ohio State, played great. Only game you lost last year during the season was Michigan State. And somebody and the other quarterback fumbled in that game at the end, threw for, I think, 385 in that game. So, you know, you you've you rattled off an unbelievable year last year, kind of went in midseason the year before, played great there too. And then just a kind of a gnarly offseason of, you know, competing and, you know, end up going with the other guy, get hurt in the second game of the season and out for the year. And then now in Southern California rehabbing, just give it, give us a little bit about the highs and the lows of, I would say your last 24 months. Cause there's as the highest highs you've ever experienced. And I would assume the lowest lows. Right. For sure. I mean, it's probably definitely been my highest high and lowest low in the same <laughs> within like a 12 month period, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I thought a low was a retro freshman year. And then here I am with just a completely new perspective. I mean, I guess definitely last year was the highest high. I mean, just leading them. I mean, there was some attention going the other way, but I mean, I, it kind of forced me to play my best ball. And I think especially when it came down to it was third down. I think I grew a ton in that area just because obviously not being the solidified starter the year before. And then even if I got taken out on first and second down for run plays, if that that's how they used them, then it would force me like, whether you like it or not, like if it's third and long, you still have to still you're, you started to drive. So you still have to finish it, you know? So I think, you know, overall last season was awesome. And, you know, there's some times that, you know, I thought maybe I shouldn't have gotten pulled. There's times that, you know, I think, you know, I could have helped the team out in a better way. So those are really the lows. And then going into the seat, going into this year, 
Um, I was well aware that there was going to be a competition. I mean, that's just how Coach Harbaugh has always stated it, that, you know, there's always a competition and the best guy plays here. And that's how he's always treated it. And, you know, that's fine with me because when I was earning my way up, that's how I wanted to be anyways. So really spring ball was all right. JJ didn't participate in the spring. So I had the all of spring ball, which was pretty fun. And then going into camp, coach made it a 100% even competition. And then really, really high before things started to go low was I got voted by my team as a captain, which was just, it's probably, it is my biggest honor so far and my biggest accomplishment. And, and Kyle, I didn't realize until he went through that too, that like, it's a way bigger deal to be a captain at Michigan than it is at other schools. Like, it's always great to be a, voted a captain, but kind of like in the NFL, like if you're the starting quarterback, you're probably a captain. Like, it's not yeah. like that. I mean, I didn't realize it was like a big deal. People like, you'll see like a 58 year old guy introduce his buddy as, oh, he was a captain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, unbelievable. And Carl, I don't, I mean, I've never been voted a captain before. So like you being able to be voted a captain, to like even when a quarterback battle is going on too, it just speaks to like the teammate yeah. you are. So I agree. That's an unbelievable accomplishment. Man. Thanks. Yeah. And then, so then the day after I get voted captain, Coach Harbaugh assisted a team that me and JJ, that we, that Michigan has two starting quarterbacks and that we're going to be splitting game, splitting really, I have the first game and he has the second game. And, you know, some stuff is going on, talk around the team and stuff. There's some stuff that I, just won't get into but really after so then I played the first game I played pretty decent then we win by like 50 because our the start of our schedule was kind of a joke I mean we had four home games started off and we won every single game by like over 50 points so then JJ goes in against Hawaii plays really well I will say that he played extremely well against Hawaii and then coach Harbaugh just decided to announce it after the game in his media press conference that JJ was going to be the starter going forward I actually got some garbage time against Hawaii didn't play my best and then the next game we're up by like 30 at the end of the second quarter and then they give me like a two-minute drive with like 20 seconds left on our own 30 then so first play pissed I take a sack and then which is like the last thing you could possibly do and then but then I throw like this circus round into the boundary on the second play so at that time there's like probably like 10 seconds left throw a circus route for like 30 yards we get we give I give our kicker like 55 yards, but on that play, that's when I did my entire knee. I completely messed it up. I uh, did my MCL, and then I didn't know this, but until my MCL was messed up, I, I tore my patella halfway through the season last year, actually against Michigan State, and that's a whole story in itself. But so, so found yeah. out that you actually your knee had been bugging you, and it was actually from the season before. Yeah, that and then it's they showed I was able to go back and look at the MRI results from the year before and it showed torn patella tendon on there. So, so crazy. Well, you so, always get a second. Never see that in the NFL. Players getting second opinions. That's why you get second opinions. Yeah. Right. Which thankfully I got one this time because they were asking me to go back onto the field this year before and then they actually told me we don't th we think you're ready that you know should you you should start practicing and i was advised not to get the surgery and then i came out to la for dr elatrosh to take a look at it and he was astonished by my knee had not was completely open still and was determining whether to have a repaired mcl or completely get a cadaver and a full reconstruction and that would have been, that was an in surgery call which is crazy. Wow. So, but then, so really going back, throw that, the circus route, he was inbounds. 
So then I had to, because if you, we didn't have any timeouts because we blew it on the sack. So I had to run down the field and then clock the ball, just totally mess up. If I, if, thank God I had a bunch of adrenaline. So then I was able to clock it and the buddy missed a kicks, but which kind of yeah. sucks, which would have been <laughs> sick. But so then after that, really, I just kind of stopped participating in football, really. I mean, it was just kind of. Well, come out, get surgery, rehab, and kind of move on, right? Yeah, I mean, I've just been. on your boys. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but I mean, it's not indicative of your career at Michigan. You know, I think when you look back at your career at Michigan, you're going to have a lot of fond memories about it. But, you know, just like football is and you were learning this quickly and Jordan and me have both been through it, like football is just a game of a bunch of highs and a bunch of lows. And, and right now you are committed to Iowa, right? You've, you've yep. gone through the whole process. And I think me and Jordan are really interested in the whole transfer portal process, just as America is. I was on Twitter. Well, it's just, something that no one's an expert in. Like nobody's been doing this for 20 years. You know right? what I mean? No. Because it's brand new. It's like crypto. Like you talk to anybody you want, you're going to get a different answer. Ooh, I hope it's not as bad as crypto, but it might be as bad as crypto. <laughs> it's going to be for some people. But yeah. for you, the guy who was hurt, and so you kind of had, you know, your time to plot and figure out what you were going to do and kind of see the portal and have a, a plan going into the portal time, which I think it just opened a couple of days ago, as opposed to other guys. What was your plan going into transferring a portal? Because I don't remember when I transferred, there was no plan, you know, I transferred and I was like, oh, all these schools are going to want me. It's going to be sick. Like two schools wanted me. Right. And that was before portal. Like there wasn't that many out there transferring. Now you go into portal this is probably the second year, but really this is the biggest year of the portal. You know, a ton of guys are going to be transferring, probably not as many as you've seen. What was the plan going in? Yeah. So I think what makes it so crazy right now is first off, just the whole new rule that you can literally go and still be eligible. And then on top of that is how NIL has become a factor. And I think it's just made everything just be so much, so much crazier. And I think when, when you're looking at the portal, I've kind of divided it into two, I guess, categories is if you're a graduate student and if you're a non-graduate student. So luckily for me, I was a graduate student. So that means I can go into the portal at any time I feel. And I decided to do that after the last regular season game, just because I didn't want to be a distraction. Mm -hmm. And so I had the freedom of doing that, which means as soon as I can go in, really, I think I was like the only quarterback in the portal when I went in. So all the schools, you know, were hitting me up or anything and everything. They have, they probably would have had no idea that, you know, guys like, you know, maybe DJ, like Graham and all these other dudes who are going to the portal now. I mean, they probably had no idea. Or, so then not, so then the other half is for the guys who aren't graduate students, which there's a date it's December 5th that you are technically allowed to enter the portal. And then, mm. so that when that happened it was only it was literally like yesterday yesterday I, you, you open your phone and it's just nonsense it's crazy it's crazy it's unbelievable and it was some stat it was like 695 people entered the portal yesterday but yeah. you're so you're a graduate student you almost have a leg up on it which i think i didn't know that i think that's kind of smart it kind of goes back to the old rule which was kind of a fucked up rule but it was if you were graduated you could go and not sit out a year if you weren't graduated you had to sit out a year if you're gonna go so did you ever think about putting your name in earlier after you got surgery i mean yeah definitely i definitely did i mean i just didn't think that i just feel like me leaving michigan like mid-season and everything especially after being voted captain that i just don't want to yeah. i just didn't want to do that it's respect i like that yeah i think you you handled it great and 
you got the top of that list, right? I mean, like DJ Uyunglele, like if if he throws for 500 yards and wins the ACC championship game, I don't know if he's in the portal, right? And then I didn't see the entire game, but he didn't. The young guy goes in, Kate Klubnick, and plays well. So then now DJ's in. The, so there's probably guys who were like, let me see how this next game goes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, what's even crazier? What's even crazier with that is that now coaches are allowing dudes back. Like, so you could like say like, oh, I'm going to the portal, but like I know like at Michigan and Iowa, there are dudes who have entered the portal and they're like, well, we still kind of want them, you know? So like, that's a whole thing in itself that I'll just go into the portal and I still have, like, I can still go to my old school. So like it, that just adds more, like, it's like so much, you have to, it's, you have to be very decisive, but at the same way, you have so many options now. It's, it's crazy. One way I look at this is like every year in the NFL, there's a new team. Right. Every team's a new team. Right. Because they add people in the draft. They add people in free agency. They lose people to expired contracts, poor performance, getting cut or getting traded or getting or entering free agency. So like so you got, you know, new and you got, you know, some guys are gone and then we got new guys in here. And it's all of those decisions are based off individually and it's widely accepted. Right. If you're an unrestricted free agent, you're not going to have some coach go, well, you don't love me if you're going to go and take a visit somewhere. No, it's, it's, it's been around for a long time. It's widely accepted that look, I'm a free agent. I'm going to go take some meetings. I might resign here, but it's strictly based off of me personally and what's best for me. Then when the team is intact, then we all got to come together as a team and win and support each other. Right. And then next year, new brand new, right. It's just college has been like, you're going to be here for four years and you know, mom, your son's going to graduate and he's going to be right. And so it's like this, like it's a culture. And, you know, we're, we're in the program for three years now. And we really got the culture the way that we want it. And so it's like college is now being forced to go to the NFL, which is like, I mean, there's certainly going to be schools that say you put one foot in the portal and you're out for sure. Yeah. But to your point, and I didn't know this, I would assume it would be this way, that there's certain guys that teams that will say, you can test the portal and, and we're going to save you. We're going to save your spot. And so it's like forcing college to shift like the whole vibe and the whole, you know, commitment, like the idea of commitment, it's, it's forcing it into a professional commitment. And it makes sense because if guys enter the portal, if they're, if you have a key starter entering the portal and who may, may come back or may go somewhere else, it's obviously strictly a financial decision, right? He's not, if he's already the starter here, he's not waiting to see if he could start somewhere else. He's right. waiting to see what the financial opportunity is. And so, yeah, it's just fascinating. It's, I, I, I would say that like anybody who's like, yeah, what the hell's going on with the portal? I don't only really watch college. Okay. It's NFL, but there's no trade deadline. There's no salary cap and every single player is an unrestricted free agent. It's like, that's what it is. How many yeah. guys do you think are in Cade just trying to test the waters to see if they can get more money somewhere else? Oh, and I how bet many you. Guys- how many guys do you think are doing that? And then the school is going to offer them more money. That I bet you, at? I guarantee you a ton. I don't know what the, I like viral ballpark it. I don't like know. Percentage. Like percentage. Like 40%. I think do that. Like, I mean, I've just like, now that I'm committed, like I'm recruiting basically. So I'm talking right. to like dudes who are like, like, Oh yeah. Like my teammate, like the start, like I'm talking to like a guy who's a second stringer and he's out because he's been screwed over like the last couple of years. But then the starter in front of him just put his name in the portal. And it's like, well, like, what are you doing? Like, you're not supposed to like what you're supposed to be happy. And then these guys are just like testing out like, Oh, like what does the NIL package look like at like anywhere else? And then if like, you're, you're going to guarantee me a start over at who knows where, 
then, oh, I'll just take that opportunity. Where I think it's like tough is like all these is just creating such a gap between like power five and like the big power five versus some of the, like versus the rest of the country. It's because like now, like, cause both my brothers go to UTEP. So they're like, okay, think of it. Like if I'm the best player at UTEP, like, does this mean like, okay, I'm going to have one year and then like kind of similar, like, all right, like if I have my best year at Michigan, then I'm going to go to the NFL draft. It's like, if I have my best year at UTEP, then I'm going to go put myself in the portal. And then hopefully I get a deal at, Ohio state or whatever. And then, but the thing is that because they're coming from such lower schools or just that don't have as much attention, a lot of those dudes who come from those schools just stay in the portal and then they never leave. They never get picked up and then they have to go walk on somewhere. So then they're in an even worse situation. It's Crazy. risky. Fuck dude. It is so risky. I remember we talked about somebody with this stat before this was like last year's transfer portal. I think 50% over 50% of the people that were in the portal didn't end up at a new school. Yeah, it's crazy. Stayed in the portal, which is crazy because when you think about it, right? So now we're talking about unrestricted free agency, right? But it's a little different because you also have another source of players coming in, these high school players. Like you have all these like five stars, four, whatever. You have all these recruits coming in. And I think the perfect situation was for you because you yeah. had, you graduated, you knew you were going to be in early but a lot of these guys right now, and they have early signing. I don't know when early signing from high school is now, but it's sometime in this area. Yeah. Like, how does, how does a high school recruit? I guess a high school recruit's easier because he has a longer runway. But a guy right now, right? They have a five star coming in. Well, should I go to this school? Oh no, this guy's gonna drop out. Maybe I can go to that. Like, it just seems like just a web of just shit. And then what does it come down to? It just comes down to money, in my opinion. Like some of these guys is just always gonna come down to money. Yeah, I think I think definitely with I mean some of the skill players that these dudes who like have been established dudes like they're like because not everyone when it comes to NIL is on completely different levels. Like mm -hmm. you'd be surprised that some schools you'd be so surprised at what the NIL situation and the lack of organization. Well, I, I mean I'm not, I'm not gonna spill personal information here, but like you didn't break the bank as the starting quarterback at Michigan winning a no. big 12 big 10 championship and beating Ohio state. And I know no. guys at regular ass colleges making a quarter million bucks. Yeah. I you mean, know what I mean? Just, and it was like really like Notre Dame. Those guys don't make any money. No. Yeah. I mean, it's and they have just, a billion dollar TV contract. Right. Exactly. Who knows what that and endowment like, is. Yeah. And like, no, like you're supposed to like, like thinking about Michigan, it's like, okay, they have the biggest alumni in the country. Like, why shouldn't it, why wouldn't their players be making more than everyone else? You know, yeah. it just, and that's just what is kind of crazy with all this stuff is because you'd be surprised that some of these schools like Nebraska, like, like some schools that you wouldn't think have it all dialed in like that. And they do. And then like dudes are like, okay, like the minute, the, like these collectives is what they call it where, all these where the boosters is are is an organized group and they're able to distribute you know they're that's how they raise the money and like schools like like nebraska i know iowa they have a iowa has a has a great collection and it's these groups that really it's like like it's guaranteeing guys a certain amount of money extra just for being on the team like and that could be anyone like a walk-on anyone can get that half of the collective and it's and then there's schools like Michigan who have really not much organized at all. It's wild. And it'll be interesting too, to think like, 
So Michigan, like they don't really pay players anything. And yet they're the number two ranked team in the country going to the college football playoff for the second year in a row. So I could see Harbaugh going like, we don't need to, this way works. See like, okay, well then how long does that last? Right? Like for the other one, that's going to be interesting is Dabo Sweeney. This is like his, you know, this is like a main, a really cool recruiting pitch. It's been this way for a long time. He said, we've never taken a transfer. Right. So all the years that Dabo Sweeney's been at Clemson and all the success, national titles, Really? The amount of times they've won I ACC. No, I, I did not know that. They've never taken one transfer. What is this? And re- when everyone was getting paid illegally, I did a piece of content today that's crushing right now because I basically said how people used to get paid. Kyle yeah. on our show a couple weeks ago. But, uh, and I didn't say any names, but but a lot of people fit into those. But um, but with Clemson too, like I just know, you know, I know where some of the bodies are buried, right? And so I know which schools have been illegally paying guys. And what I'd say is like, as far as I know, I don't know that Clemson, I'd never heard stories about Clemson paying dudes, like the boosters paying dudes illegally before all this NIL stuff, right? Like I never heard stories about Deshaun getting, you know, paid a bunch of money under the table. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't hear those stories there. Maybe it happens, but it's certainly not out in the open like it is at other schools. And so, and I don't know that those players at Clemson are making a lot of money either. So here's a guy who's one off of culture and teamwork and the, like the ethos of what they buy into. It's like, can Clemson sustain, you know, if they're not going to crush it on NIL and they're, and are, are they going to stand on the, we don't take transfers. Like, are they going to literally not bring anybody in from the portal? Or are they going to drastically change what they've, what they've been doing? So it's like, what are people who've done it one way for a long time going to do? Right. Which I think, I think NIL and the transfer portal now, it makes having a sustained good foundation culture that much harder. And I mean, as we see, as like time continues, we'll see like which cultures stay the same. And I mean, that's just nuts that they wouldn't take anyone, which blows my mind, honestly. You know, when people ask like, you think they'll ever have guaranteed contracts in the NFL? Like whatever. Anytime that conversation's come up, I've always said no. One, because the owners won't allow it. But two, I don't think they should. I think people will get hurt. It's too dangerous to have somebody not give a shit and not play hard because I just got paid and I'm getting paid no matter what, particularly if you're talking about offensive linemen. And I played on an NFL team. I'm not going to name his name. I played on an NFL team with a guy who just signed a massive deal, a starting offensive lineman. And he not, he didn't give a shit so much to the point where he would say, I just got paid. I don't give a shit. And the players were yelling at him. The leaders on defense were on him. And he was like, I hear you. I don't give a shit. And they finally had to bench him. Right. And this was a big money guy. Damn. And, and it was like my, my, I saw it right there and I go, Oh my God, if they get, if these were baseball contracts, there's like eight guys on my team. I think right now would just fold the towel and say, screw it. I'm going on IR. You know what I mean? So like, they can't have that, but in college, you're about to have that because if I'm going to come to your school, I want to be guaranteed that I'm starting and you're going to pay me this money no matter what. And it's just going to, these numbers are going to grow. They're not going to get smaller. Not and so sure. it's like, we're going to have guys. Now, they may be the incentive to go to the NFL is so great that they'll push through that. But you're going to have guys that experience money for the first time that are going to go, they're going to lose their mind. They're going to have no idea what to do with it. And they're going to go, like football, like working really hard at football and doing their job great is going to be like the third or fourth thing on their list of things to do each day. And it's going to be interesting. The best will survive, as always, yeah. kids who can handle it. All right. I, I got a question, though. So say that you're one of these guys who hasn't, graduated yet say you're a guy like dj i don't know if graham's graduated yet or not but say you're a guy who hasn't graduated 
and you're in the portal with all these dudes, what's your plan going into it? Like I, I'm just sitting here trying to think about it. Like, are you just reaching out as fast as you can to all these schools? To, like, cause the schools probably aren't reaching out to you as fast as you can reach out to them with all these people in there. Yeah. So the way that I kind of did it was, you know, obviously there's some places that you want to go and really you have to bait, you have to go back to the relationships that you had when you were getting recruited. Like for me, like I might've hit up, I hit up a dude, like even like, for example, like the, the, the Iowa, like I have a really good relationship with a guy who recruited me. He was my first power five offer from Wisconsin. So like, boom, like that's how I got that connection. Like there's guys like, and there's guys that are still at the same place. And there are guys that are at completely different places. Like some guy that was recruiting me at North Carolina in high school, he hit me up and he's at Arkansas state, you know, like, and I think that's the way you have to do it. But for guys who like aren't what it's so scary because for the guys that who are not like as well known and don't have as much that don't get as much attention, there isn't a plan at all because they can hit up as many guys as they want. If they don't something like these schools are going to be like, okay, like, like for example, I know like two big players from Alabama went to the portal. One's Treshawn Holden. The other one is, I forgot his first name, but it's Cohen. He's a lineman. It's like, all right, well, if I'm, in the hunt for getting one of these guys, like another wide receiver, another O lineman who's interested in going to, let's say it's LSU. Like, no, like LSU is actually just going to wait until Trayshawn makes his decision. And then like, that's how it gets that, that then you're just sitting in the portal and you have nowhere to go. And that's how these guys just end up staying there. It's crazy. I talked to seven people today that were either quarterbacks in the portals or their dads, all inbound calls. Like I, you know what I mean? All seven of them going, any advice? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I, this is the wild, wild west, man. Oh. Uh, seven today. Like, I'm not even, and I'm trying to stay out of this. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, brutal. You know what I mean? I'm not offering services here. Like, I'm not an agent. So, dude, it, nobody knows. And these are people who've been through the recruiting process, obviously, you know, and, and been highly recruited and all that. And so it's just crazy that you also got, guy, you know, schools trying to convince the quarterback to come back for one more year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's going to be multiple of those spots, guys that are good enough to go to the draft. So, so you can lose a guy to the portal. You can lose a guy to the NFL or try and get him to come back by putting together a package. That's going to, you know, that's going to happen in multiple places too. They're going to be a pitch going, Hey man, we got our whole, you know, everybody coming back. You're the missing piece. What's it going to take to get you to come back for one more year? How much are you going to make in the draft? All right, well, let's do some math here. Right. And so like, that's going to happen too. And it's probably happening no, right it, it's already happening because I know at Michigan, obviously, like our old, the old line is really good. And there's a couple guys that have the potential of either coming back or not. And, you know, they're being told, you know, just like I'm sure a lot of other places are doing it, that, hey, you come back and we'll guarantee you this, you know. And it's just like and it's just there's no contract set out or anything yet. So it's like, you know, like it, it could I like am I really going to get this? Like, you know, like if I go yeah. to the NFL there's a chance I don't get drafted. But then if I, if there's a, if I come back to college, there's a chance that I'm just stuck here again. And then you're not, and you didn't guarantee because I mean, promises are made all over all the time, especially in recruiting. And that they just, as soon as they get you in the door and it's like, Oh yeah, that doesn't matter anymore. Like you, like, yeah, you have your may off every single may off. And then you get to college and you're like, yeah, there's called discretionary workouts. Those are non-mandatory, mandatory workouts, you know? That's just how they do it. 
Gotta, get, gotta sign some type of paper, man. Give me some some line to fucking sign on here if you're gonna offer me some of this shit. Yeah, you know totally. What's exactly. my head is how is Stetson Bennett gonna find a way to stay another year at Georgia? Like, can he? Do he's it? gonna play there till he's 32. Yeah. Can he sign a three-year, sixty million dollar year deal at Georgia? Like, some of these kids are gonna start doing this shit, dude. Because some of these kids who are ballers in college, and I think Stetson's a baller, and I think he can transfer to the NFL. But I'm saying some of these kids who are gonna play until like they basically can't like. Are they going to start signing deals? Like, are you going to sign like a one-year deal to come back and then just kind of be under the rug? Like, I just don't know where this goes, man. It's- yeah. So anybody who's who's in the portal and it's like you're all locked in, ready to roll, and then last second they're like, nope, we got a chance at this guy. Poof. And while you were waiting, talking to that team, the other three spots that you were considering just vanished. Right? It's yeah. just like there's going to be dudes hung out to dry. So it's funny. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting asked about it a lot right now. I'm sure, Kyle, you guys talk about it in your QB room. Yeah. I'm sure every quarterback room in the league right now is talking about this. Well, man, it's crazy. They're all talking about their alma maters or some kid they know, whatever. But, like, the ex, the true experts in the space, I don't think it's sports agents. This is too new. It's definitely not collectives because they just got formed, you know, 18 months ago. It's not colleges. They've not used to this. Especially lifer college guys. They don't know how to manage a cap. <laughs> right? The experts is actually the 21 year old college quarterbacks, right. And football players, like you guys are actually the experts and you guys dictate it. So it's funny if we were, if like Kyle and I were like, how do we get like the foremost thought leader in the space to talk about NIL? <laughs> I'd be like, we got to grab a college quarterback. They yeah. probably know the most. You guys are getting the most information. You're talking about it all the freaking time. I'm sure in the locker rooms and yeah. it's going to shape college football in ways that'll be way better. And in ways that'll be way worse. But this whole thing that like, you know, you know, how many five stars are sitting on the, in the QB room right now at Bama, but, but they can pull the trigger real quick. You know what I mean? So exactly. you could be a five-star quarterback heralded committed that whole senior year. You're committed to Alabama or whatever the school is. You're so excited. And then you get there and you redshirt and you're going through the thing and you're building it all. Like who's that guy that just walked in? Why is that guy in the elevator? What's he doing here? You yeah. know what I mean? And poof, it's all gone. Now you got to go in the port. So it's just going to be only the strong will survive. And so speaking of surviving, dude, here you are. You're committed to Iowa. What is Iowa getting in Kate McNamara? They've played against you. The fan base has seen you play. What are they getting in you? I was going to get a quarterback that's going to do anything possible that he can to make sure they win a championship. Everything I do, every every minute of work, every every rep, it's for that goal and that goal only. Whether that's, you know, doing everything I can to help, you know, create a winning culture to use what I've learned, you know, at Michigan and the rest of my career to help, you know, per- really send us on a projection to really win. I think Iowa has the has enough pieces right now to go win a Big Ten championship next year. And I'm going to make sure I do everything I can to make sure that we do. What, what do you love about Iowa? What got you excited about that spot? Because you pulled that trigger quick, right? So yeah, I did. it's not that you, you know, you didn't like snoop around and wait around. Well, let me just measure that offer against a different, let me see. And let me, well, these guys might open up. I mean, and you're not a rat. I know you well enough to know you're not a rash decision maker, go, you know, emotional decision maker. You're, you're very, you're as thoughtful a young dude as I've been around. So why Iowa? And I know how pumped you are. So why are you that pumped? Yeah, I think really my decision process was, I mean, it's so, in my opinion, it's easier than than getting recruited as a high schooler because you're like oh like the jerseys all the fluff does not matter at all and the fact that you've already been in college you know exactly you know I've played against that dude I've seen that offense I've 
then like, oh shoot, like that's a, that's a damn good defense. So I think me having played Iowa and knowing the reputation that Iowa has played a really big part in me choosing them. And for me, what's super intriguing about Iowa is first off, they have a top five defense every single year in the country. And you're telling me like they've held the majority of their opponents to less than 25 points a game, especially in college football. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's, that's intriguing in itself. And for me, I wanted to not be labeled as a game manager anymore. And I understand the offense that Iowa has had in the past, but they made it extremely clear that, you know, we're not looking to stay this way. We're not, we are well aware that we need to change in order to make us contenders again in in a big 10 championship. And for me, that was such an intriguing opportunity because not only are they looking to change, but I'm looking to change the perspective really the perception of my own game as well and for something something about just like bringing a team back is just something that I love to do whether it was high school whether it was college I mean the year I took over my high school team the year before I won the job halfway through the season we went four and seven that year the next year we won the first regional championship and conference championship in school history I took over I won the job halfway through Michigan in 2020, we finished the season two and four. And then the next year we win the first big time championship. So I think, you know, for Iowa to be in a situation that they are right now where, you know, they even had a chance to make the big 10 championship game, despite having seven wins. And I think either four or five or six, I think it was five losses, you know, for that opportunity to be, to be right in front of me again is something that I'm really fired up about. That's why I wanted to ask you about Iowa because I just want to be a real question. I want to get your real thoughts on this because Iowa's offense over the last couple of years is abysmal, right? It's tough, yep. tough to watch. And as a quarterback, you don't have to agree with that. That's Kyle's opinion. No, you can agree with it. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm, to be honest, I'm well aware of the whole, the, how Iowa's offense is viewed. And especially right now after the season that they had, it's it would be the least intriguing place for a quarterback to go if you're looking at it from that perspective but for me it's like the biggest opportunity to flip it so that just makes it that's what i get fired up about it's like okay please just keep on saying that it's the shittiest offense in college football just please just think we're just going to be so shitty next year well please the second part but for the past couple years it's been tough and so I get your point of view on that. I was just personally surprised just knowing you and, and watching Iowa over the past couple of years, but I under, I understand that part of it. You know, that's kind of why I went to A&M in the first place. I know A&M wasn't like, they just had Johnny. So they were on the come up, but you know, I could have gone to Alabama. I could have gone to one of these top schools, but like as a quarterback, some people have it in them where they just, they want to help take a, take a school to the next level. They want to take it over the top. Right. And so, I mean, kudos to you and picking Iowa. I don't know if I could have done that with that offense, man. But what has the coaches told you about how it's going to change? Like, are they changing scheme? Are they are they going to get different players? Like, what is the thought process behind changing the offense? Yeah, so first off, they're looking to bring a couple of guys from the portal. We're looking for a couple of targets, I know for sure. Possibly one, one more. Otherwise, we're very confident in who we got. And then regarding the offense, we're, they want to open it up. And that's they want to create more explosive pass plays. They want to be able to rely on the pass game a lot more than they have in the past. In the past, Iowa has, I mean, they've really just been carried by their defense, and they want to flip the script on that. So, 
that's what that's what the change is looking for. Not a bad thing to be carried by your defense. Just you want to be able to put up points too. But yeah, exactly. I, I respect the the defensive. You're you're like a head coach up here. You got the defensive perspective too. Yeah. All right. Well, we do this game every week. Not really a game. It's actually just questions. It's called QB to QB. So we have our previous guests ask our next guest a question. So first week it was Kirk Cousins. He asked Ryan Fitzpatrick what his best cover zero answer was. Ryan Fitzpatrick then asked Sam Darnold what his lowest point was and where he lost his confidence and how he regained it. And then Sam Darnold asked you this question and all these, they didn't know who was up next. So this is just a random question they wanted to know from quarterback. So this was Sam. Okay. What is your most important part of your routine on game day, getting ready to go in and play? I think my most important part, like besides like my warm up, like what specifically? Just what, whatever, like on Saturday, like that you have to get in like over everything else. Like what is the most important part of it? I have to get in, which I don't do any other day during the week. I have to get every single drop that I do throughout the game on my right side and on my left, just at about 10 yards. I don't do it any other time during the week. It's just something about that I've been doing really ever since high school that I, that's just different that I have to get in every single game day or else I just won't feel as dialed in as I should be. I like that. Do I like you ever that go typically by play? Like when you have your game plan sheet, this is why I started doing, cause I saw Breeze do this in a pregame a couple years ago. I started doing Saturdays, I guess not actually on game day, but Saturdays after the walkthrough, I would take our game plan sheet and I'll go through all of our base passes, all of our third down passes and all of our red zone passes. And I would do the same thing. I would take my drop, just a sheet, no football or whatever. I would take my drop and go through all my reads on each one. And then you just like, you just don't think anymore. Like I, right. I, I agree with you. You're just kind of dialed in and you don't have to worry about the exact drop. And then you're boom, boom, boom through your read. So that's, it's really interesting. I just added that in my game recently. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Because I never want to be put in a position, like, for me, like, I never want to be put in a position where it's like, oh, I didn't I didn't hit my th- three no three on rhythm before the, before the game. You know, I just, for me, it's just something about, because taking a drop is one of, if not the most important part of starting the play for a quarterback. And then it also has to be completely not thought of when you're when you're running the play Hmm. so i want to make sure that i don't have to think about it and whether i'm thinking about it or not i'm confident that i've already done it and i've already hit my spot yeah i I mean really what i look at is a well-executed drop should tell you when and where and and what like when you're gonna do what when am i gonna throw it where right one hitch to the curl two hitch to the burst three hitch to the you know number three and it's like, now some guys just drop back there and bounce around, for, but good drops should tell you when to do what. And I think there's a lot of confidence that comes from, from that. What, what question, you don't know who, we don't know who our guest is next week, but what's your question moving forward? What would you ask our next guest? Probably ask our next guest. Yeah, and this can be anything. Right. It's weird because you're like running your fingers through your goatee and yet you can't grow facial hair. So it's really interesting. <laughs> Kyle just goes in the neck beard. That's all. What part of game day do you make sure that you would never do to be ready for a game? So uh, what's something that you cannot do? Like if you, what's like something you do that it, you, you cannot yourself? do? Yeah. Mm. Okay. I'm trying Ooh, to think. That's what. interesting. Yeah. I don't know what mine would be, but I know that there's something that's interesting. Uh, so you just flip your question. Gotcha. That's deep. I can't think of anything right now. That's deep. Like, like for me, like for me, I have to wear the same 
<laughs> this is fucking weird. But I wear this. I wear the same pair of underwear every single game. Oh, it is. You do wear the same pair of underwear every game. That's same cool. exact pair. I have these beat up Lululemon underwear. I have like three pairs of them, and I have to wear one of those three pairs every single week. And if you win, right, you just don't wash them, and then you can wash them. Nah, back. see, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, that crazy. You don't even that take I, them off. You just wear them until the next game. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> totally. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And then same, I just wear them underneath my girdle all week. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Girdle. It's such a weird word. It's like the word portal. Yeah, girdle and portal. We're going to finish with one more game. This is called How Iowa Are You? So you've had a lot of time to, you know, you're on the rehab table all day. You're just chilling out there. Oh, in you've had a lot of time to get your Iowa on. We're going to test it real quick. So you just transferred. We're going to get your baseline score for How Iowa Are You? for Hawkeye-related questions going to get harder each question we ask we're going to start with this okay iowa has what what some call the best tradition in college sports following the first quarter of every home game what do they do the wave the wave i like it and they wave to the children's hospital right that's what yeah they don't do not the not the wave around the the stadium i'm talking about everyone faces the children's hospital and waves to all the kids on the top floor it's awesome tradition do you think you're going to do anything? I'm, all of us are part of Nigu. Never ever give up. We've all we've talked about it on this podcast before. Do you think you're going to do anything with that when you get up there with the Children's Hospital? Well, in case somebody no, nobody knows, so Jesse Reese Foundation, Nigu, never ever give up. We all three of us. Kyle's cleats last week were Nigu. My caused my cleats on Sunday, and Kate, you've done hospital visits. I've been a part of it for a long time. So that was one thing that I thought of too, which was really cool. Which is like, wait, you have a lot of experience dealing with childhood cancer and you know, hospital visits and all that stuff. And so to go to Iowa that has that tradition, maybe just like, what are your thoughts on that? To be honest, I, I would, I'm down for anything really. I think it's so cool that first off, it's so cool that they're able, that we're, everyone recognizes them on that day and like how much fun, like I've just seen clips of it, just like them creating the kids creating like boards and signs and everything, like how, like how important that day is for them every single week. I mean, as far as what my contribution to, what that looks like as a starting quarterback at Iowa, I just think is just, again, just a tremendous opportunity for me to help inspire, to help give positivity for someone who really needs it. It's awesome. It makes me tear up sometimes when I watch that. I'm not going to lie. Those little the TikToks. I'm a, I'm a big TikTok crier. If anyone was wondering, I cry at all this video. <laughs> all right. Next question. Your new head coach, Kirk Ferentz. Is that how you say his last name? Ferentz? Yep. Ferentz. Kirk Ferentz. All right. He's the longest tenured coach. In FBS as of right now, we're going to give you a, a, we'll give you a little leeway here. What year was he hired in? I believe he became head coach. It's 100% the last, I'm pretty confident that's a, it's definitely the last five years of 1990. 1997 is what I'm going with. We'll give you that. It's 1999. We're going to give you a three. That was good. I didn't know he was the longest tenured coach. That's pretty impressive. The only coach, yeah, the only coach to be hired in a different decade, decade or century. Good for him. Century. Good, good defense will keep you around, man. That's all that matters, I guess. All right, yep. third question. You're you're two for two right now. Iowa supposedly this is this is not my opinion. It supposedly has the greatest gas station breakfast pizza in the world. What is the name of the gas station? No clue. <laughs> no clue. Well, I'm excited for you to try it. I guess it's called Casey's gas station pizza, breakfast pizza, even though it kind of sounds disgusting though. Breakfast pizza. 
Casey's. I'm more, of, I'm more of like the the hot dog on the roller guy, or like the taquito on the roller guy. The know? taquitos on the roller are, are yeah. pretty fire. Circle K, I used to get those in there all the time growing up. You know those from Nevada? They probably had those Circle K ones out there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> disgusting, but they're so good. All right, last one. There's one U.S. president born in Iowa and one Heisman winner from the University of Iowa. Can you name either of them? No. <laughs> I respect honesty. Too new. It's Herbert Hoover, which I'm guessing he was the president. Is that yeah. the president? Yeah, yeah, it's the president. Or Niall Kinnick from 1939. How do you well, not know that? Yeah, the, 39. Well, the stadium, that was the, such a good year. Well, the state the stadium is named Kinnick. So wow. okay, you should have known that then. Actually, right. so I actually should have two for four. You knew the important things, like your head coach and and the wave. So that's good. Hopefully, you don't get too bored. Fifty percent on third downs, like pretty good, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you were one third down. Yeah. <laughs> A lot better than that. All right, dude. Well, that was that was awesome. Talk NIL and and portal. We've been talking about it for a while on here, and we haven't really had anyone that's been deep in it and understood it and can have some good conversations about it. So I think that was like probably the deepest talk we've had about it. Yeah, um, that was dope. Yeah, stoked for you to go to Iowa. I mean, I've been around you forever, so I've I've seen you grow and and know the confidence you got. And I know you're gonna kill it there. We've Appreciate we've all that. heard your story before. Share your story with everyone here. We're gonna do the two minute drill. Basically, you got two minutes to to tell your journey so far it starts wherever you want to start ends today when you're staying in a this is going to sound weird but you're staying in a middle school office complex right now <laughs> the ground not to be creepy or anything but tell yeah. us your so my story began really in middle school i met jordan i wasn't wasn't much of a football player i was just really discovering my love that i wanted to become a college football quarterback when i was older i grew up in a baseball house. I had to tell my dad that I wanted to play football when I was older, which was a tough conversation. Ever since then, I've been nothing but football. I just, I was the first one to graduate high school early for, for sports. I was a, the, really the first, one of the a few many to be recruited by power five schools out of Reno, Nevada. It's not a definitely not a hotbed for football talent but really my high school began I was in a battle with the quarterback my freshman year on varsity he was a returning all-conference junior it was pretty rough really a really rough year in my life where I didn't have many and I ended up winning the battle by the end of that season the year following that we went four and seven that year the year after that we won the first regional championship in school history we came back in the championship game down 31 to 7 at halftime we beat the five-time defending champs to do it which was awesome from there, I was committed to Notre Dame after that year. Then I decommitted after my junior year. I committed to Michigan, graduated early to Michigan, redshirted in my first year. It was COVID year. I came in while we were down 17-0 to zero at halftime to Rutgers. Came back. Was, that was the tied for the biggest comeback in Michigan history. We came back and won that game in three overtimes. Really after that, the job was mine till the end of really to this season. Last season, being the full start of the entire year, led Michigan to its first win over Ohio State at home in a decade when won the first Big Ten championship in school history. Then this year got hurt, left the season, transferred. Now I'm a, now I'm committed to Iowa. Jordan, how do you feel that story started with meeting you? Like that's pretty fucking crazy. His life story starts with meeting Jordan Palmer. Well, that was the, that was the start of all of it. No, no, it's awesome. I mean, we played a big, big role in each other's lives. But yeah, I mean, it's incredible, right? I mean, like you, you kind of had to make yourself, right? It's not like, you know, you're not the son of a quarterback. You're not, you know, 
you didn't take over at this school where like the last four quarterbacks had gone D one. So you kind of had to like create your own path out of high school. And then you get to college, you kind of had to create your own little path there. And then now you're having to create your own path again at a new spot. And so I just feel like you got experience doing it and I'm fired up. To- Thanks. Shaka. Yeah. I had to Des Moines. I've been there. It's awesome. It's flat, real flat, <laughs> super flat. Yeah. Just enjoy your time in Southern California for right now. Yeah. It'll be. All yeah, right. I will. I will. I'll take every yeah. advantage of that. He's a cold weather guy. He's like Josh. Like he's, yeah. you know, in high school football in Reno, like there's snow, you know? Yeah. So no, I actually 100% prefer to play in a cold game. I agree. Perfect. Perfect football weather is like 42. Mm-hmm. Overcast, maybe like just a little shitty, a little rainy. Like, trust me, I'm fucking with you on that. See, yeah. I like, I like a dry, cold, just, just straight oh, dry, cold. I though, no, you gotta have a little. I like it. 75 and sunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a dome. That's just the most SoCal answer ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't throw in the rain, like throw, throw, like even a workout in the rain until like my sophomore year in college. I hadn't yeah, even yeah. like had, I didn't even like and had a workout in the rain. It was crazy. Um, so we'll do it. Thanks so much, man, for joining us. This is awesome. I know you're, you're recovering right now and heading out, probably got a visits coming up and all that stuff. So is this your first interview you've done since you committed? Yep. Yeah, there you go. We like to think of it more of a conversation than an interview, but, but that's awesome, man. And, and uh, you know, any Iowa fans who are watching this, I, I've been blessed, man. I've been around a lot of first round picks, a couple of number one picks, including my brother. I've you know, been around him my whole life, probably trained 30 or 40 NFL guys and countless college guys. Gabe, you're, you're actually one of the most competitive quarterbacks I've ever been around. And you have among that you're in the top group of guys from a work ethic standpoint. So that, those things are irrelevant, you know, independent of age, right? Like you can be really hard working at 17 or 37, but one of the most competitive quarterbacks I've ever been around, strong statement, and one of the hardest working quarterbacks I've been around. Both those things, you're at the top, you know, near the top of that list, then I don't know what else you want in a quarterback besides that. So if you're an Iowa fan and you're watching this, whatever that's worth, that's what you're getting. So I'm fired up Thanks, to watch Jordan. it unfold. Appreciate that. Thank you. Very Good cool. Luck. Yeah. Good to see you, bro. Well, I'll see you in a couple of weeks when the season's right. over. I'll be out so, there. Well, that was about what we thought it'd be, man. Cades is, is an open book. He's a truth teller. I've known him a long time as we talked about. He's, he's kind of one of those guys that's kind of incapable of bullshit. Like he's not, he doesn't really know how to like make stuff up and fluff. He kind of just to the point. But yeah, fascinating. Um, just the state of college football right now, because it's going to be different next year. And it's going to be different in six months. Mm-hmm. But it's just fascinating the state of college football. And the reality is, is in the past, you could get news from, you know, websites, you can get them from Twitter feeds, you can get them from, but right now, like the, the real news of what's really happening, you can really only get like the real stuff that's happening is like in indiv- individual conversations with dudes who are living through it right now, because most of which they can't even actually talk about. So fascinating topic. And, and that was a blast. Yeah, they were just like the whole recruiting aspect of it, too. I don't even think about that part. Like, like having yeah. to recruit a guy to stay on your team. <laughs> yeah, had to stay on your team. And then Cade, you know, one of the first guys in the transfer portal because he was graduated. I didn't know that role either. So he's yeah. on a team and then he's recruiting guys like crazy from, you know, and they don't even have to be guys that are in the portal already. You know, you can just hit up your friends and what it's just it's the Wild West out there. But I would say the main positive is, is the players have the power at this point. They haven't yeah. figured it out yet. And it's also dangerous because you go in the portal, like we said, and you might not, you might not get out, but as of right now, the players have the power. You have the opportunity to do whatever the hell you want. Just choose wisely, but awesome interview with Cade pumped for him at Iowa. 
He's a great player. I think he's going to do awesome at Iowa, and hopefully that offense can get a lot better. Yeah, man. Well, we always end this show, if you're new to this, with a moment of gratitude, just trying to, you know, just take a second to realize what we're grateful for. Kyle, start us off, man. What are you grateful for? Grateful for family, man. Just grateful for for awesome support systems, great family, you know, got to play in the last couple of games. They didn't go the way that I that I wanted them to. You know, we had turnovers. We lost. My in-laws were in last week. My parents were in this week. My fiance's around, like just being around family and having the great support system to, to push you through and help you through everything. And, and it just kind of always goes back to that. I mean, you feel that way with your, your new son and, and your tight knit family over there. That's really the only thing that matters in this world at the end of the day is you and your family. So Really grateful for family today, especially, but every day too. What about you? you know, I'm grateful for the role that football plays in my life. It's funny. I, I was at a doctor's appointment today and the guy was like, so it's crazy with the NBA, huh? And he, I was like, yeah, I don't really follow the NBA. And he's like, so he's talking. He's like, you've been watching much World Cup? And I'm like, no, I don't watch World Cup. And I just realized like I grew up, I was a kid. I loved every sport, right? I'd sit and watch SportsCenter. Like I'd wait for SportsCenter to come on. I'd sit there. I, watch, I knew everything about tennis and baseball and golf and hockey and everything. I just don't give a shit about anything other than football. And I do it 12 months out of the year. I'm, I'm fascinated by what's happening in NIL with high school, with college, we're in the league. And then we just had the trade deadline. And now another guy got traded. And then we got the playoffs coming up. And I got guys playing in the college football playoffs. I got guys playing in the league. And I'm just like, I just I'm so grateful for football and the role that it plays in my life. And then I got a kid in town who's taking a semester off training with me, flying down, you know, a couple days a month. And then I got my four-year-old with me on the field today. And he was like kind of asking questions. Reese was out there asking questions and playing catch. And I was like, this is dope. So I'm just grateful for the role that football plays in my life. So if you're listening, take a second. Think about what you're grateful for. Take inventory of that. Episode 17 in the books. Fired up to see who we'll get next week. We got college football playoffs coming up. Then we'll have NFL playoffs coming up. Coming up too. We got some big boy ball coming up. So we're going to keep coming with the guests. Ladies. Thank you.